let's talk about the origins, right? Backward goes our gaze, back into the past, back into around before before Agincourt, sort of uh, the year 1300, around that time, right? So, so there was a great threat from the continent of invasion, and the king needed men. England was a more sparse place than it was on the continent. The king, there was a necessity for him to have to institute that every able-bodied Englishman, every every person trained on a Saturday in the longbow, right? But also he would train his son, right? So that's two things, uh, the skills itself, but also learning how to teach them and pass them down. And that's a big deal, right? That's like an emergent psychotechnology. Think, and don't underestimate the, power, like the, the importance of this idea. The first time you've got a group of people studying, practicing, a national practice almost, once a week, and then jumping forward ahead to the Battle of Agincourt, right? So you've got these French knights, these nobles on horseback, in glistening armor, and cannon, and you've got uh, far superior numbers on their side, and then England, so the ragtag group, yes, they've got their armored people, and but, but footmen, right? Mostly, mostly people on foot, but the yeomen, right, with their longbows, this is the big deal. Is that these skills that they learn? This lot they decimate the field. Like they are responsible for winning that thing, and killing nobles, yeomen for the first time. That this idea of chivalry is killed for the first time, and uh, because of them, they win the battle. So you get this whole. All these people go back to uh, go back to England, and don't, again, don't underestimate the power of this idea. Is that this meta skill that you've learned? It's shown you, and you've killed people with it, like the, the power of it enacted in the field. That, that idea for the first time, uh, across the whole place too, this national practice, this practice that you've undertaken, affects, allows you to affect your will upon the world. This weekly practice and this thing that launches this projectile gives you a power to enact your will and you've seen on the field, you've seen on the field it kill people, enact your will uh, and win battles. That The king himself, right, his chief, his chief responsibility is the defense of the realm, right? The defense of the realm. And he's asked the population for the first time again, ah, I need your help in my response, my duty, my chief duty. I want you to train in arms once a week, right? To help me with my defense of the realm, which is my, it's his responsibility. There's no standing army. They need the people from amongst the people. That's huge, huge, right? So, oh, it's okay. So it's part, just as an idea, just think about this as an idea, as an emergent thing. It's like, oh, I, the part of the, the king's duty, part of the king's duty. Uh, oh, it's my duty as well, right? Just like, think about this for the first time. So anyway, b- back to Agincourt. So they decimate them on the field first, and they're part of the king's duty. There's essentially a warrior king at that time. Uh, they come home like, with this idea, this, 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 uh, this psychotechnology of the training they've done, and they know how to pass it on to father to son. It's been connected with affecting the world. This, this longbow, right? This bearing of the arms. Now we're jumping forward a bit in time here to around the time of the Peasant Rebellion, general tyranny that is rising in the place. And the ruling class brings in this rent tax and there's a general uprising amongst the peasants uh, uh, 
all the people that were trained in this boat that have this training of the psychotechnology, right? So they, they, long story short, they move in on London and, and they essentially kill the merchant class, the bureaucrats, that sort of thing. Those, the, the peasants kill all those people. They take over the whole uh, city apart from uh, the Tower of London, where the king's sort of held up with his main sort of units and his guards and the lords and their protectors. But they kill a lot of people already, right? And so you have for the first time this this whole, almost the whole place, all the people that have this skill, this psychotechnology, rise up. They go to London. They have the demand of this rent tax being removed, right? Their own moral impulsion. Again, they're enacting their will upon the place, right? And they go looking, they want it written down on papers. So they go in, they're going to the scribes and where the scribes are doing their thing uh, to get to get uh, this to happen. And eventually the king sort of comes out here saying, I agree. look, if you disassemble, if you disassemble, I will see to your demands. Uh, and what they ask for, they say, oh, we, we want it to say that we are, that we are free. We are, we are free from prosecution for you coming after us, right? So he agrees to that too. And what happens is he gives them what they ask for you could consider it a charter, right? It's on a piece of paper. It says this. Uh, he even says that people could could send letters, and if they wanted one, they could get. They were sent out, and that was done for the, for the first two weeks. They sent out uh, the letters saying they couldn't be prosecuted to all the local boroughs, right? If you wrote in, and the great seal of the king of the sovereign is on those is on this charter right that has the statement that the t- rent tax will be removed and these people will not be prosecuted they're free they are to be free from prosecution right so what that tells you that he's informed by their moral impulsion for the first time the king who is usually has the impulsion and says no this is what's right goes top down this time it came bottom up saying no the patterns of action that you're operating under your behaviors your moral are wrong this is what we do in England. This and you breach this. This is a breach of uh, the peace. This is a breach of the continuity. This is a breach of the continuity of England. And we're informing you this time. This think about this. This is the first time it happened, right? On a national scale, this power, this arms, these arms they have, uh, this new, new. The first time they've enacted their will, and then they're going in there, and they've made the ruling class agree. They've made the ruling class agree to their demands. And it's written on a piece of paper that says they were right, right? Think about it. If you think about it, think about it clearly for a second. Is that the right, they bad arms. You read this piece of paper. has the great seal. Every person uh, sees this too, right? The regular people are getting this charter that has a, that has a, a piece of paper that has this sort of great seal on it. And it's basically, you're reading it and you think, I was right to bear arms against, uh, against the ruling class in London. It says right here, and they've ceded to the demands I made. We were right. And if we rephrase that for a second, the right to bear arms, right? And don't mistake this, right? I Think about Mount Everest, right? Before it happens for the first time, it's like impossible. It's this thing. But once it's happened, that's entirely different. It's like the perspectival knowledge, the procedural knowledge that is linked up with the act of actually climbing the mountain and sh- firstly showing that it is possible. And then everyone else is able to do it. Before that, though, that weight over it, that it is impossible. Spectival knowledge you get from actually having someone gone there. That happened across the whole bloody place, right? For the first time, it says, I was right to bear arms and using my skill and this psychotechnology that I have, right, that, that was shown to work in Agincourt, worked here internally as well. 
for the first time. Our will or my will, the sense of the commons, right? Our will was uh, brought to bear against the ruling, governing class, and they ceded to our demands, right? And then you get the charter and you re you're reading it, you think, I was right to bear arms. And then we all had these arms, we all trained in these arms, and we know forever on that, and so does the ruling class, right? And they realized that, that what they had done too, is that when they'd given the, uh, uh, oh shit, what have we created here? We've trained every man in England as an able-bodied person. With it. It's too late though. It was too late. And they realized that in the Peasant Rebellion, it was too late. It's like, oh shit, we needed the help. Oh, this is such a great idea. But what we did is we armed people against us. Right, that we couldn't tyrannize them. And forever on in the ruling class, the same thing is known. Again, anyway, and then think, you ought to think about too, is that when you see these big events happen, that's value in terms of, it's a huge event that tells, that tells every individual the value of the, of the skills you have, just like decimating the French was, the, was a valuation too, right? And then that story, that narrative order is passed down. And then the, the value of that thing is emerges as a as a like an impulsion after that because it's, it's an impulsion that drove them there, and that's connected to what happened in Agincourt as well because they took the king's duty into the, their own hand. So if you like, oh, we've got duty, so we have ownership over this thing as well, don't we? We took the king's duty, and we have ownership over this thing. So perhaps we should have uh, a say in in uh, especially in a tyrannical tax that's brought over us or a tyrannical situation, and then they go and do it. And then their will in an internal situation is granted. And even if it's taken away later, which it was, right? Because the ruling cronies got in and the king then, oh, because the king agreed to it without their permission. And then there's this sort of ruling elite inside then told the king, oh, we have to go back on that. So after two weeks, they brought the letters back and they, uh, uh, you know, they, and, and they went and hunted people, but it doesn't matter. The point is it, they did do it. And for the first time that happened, you can't take that back. A, you can't take the, the power that the people recognize in themselves, the valuation, the value that's assigned. And then you see the pathway. It's like a complex is built. That's why I call it a psycho, like it's like a psycho, an implicit psychotechnology. A complex is built. Ideas don't come from nowhere. And you won't see anywhere else, like a whole nation of a group of people learning this skill. You just have to recognize how important these things are, especially when they happen for the first time and when they're connected to a practice, to a practice like just summing it up, a practice of teaching, a practice of learning, it's demonstrated power in Agincourt in, uh, in enacting your will upon violent will upon the enemy linked to you being asked to defend the realm as an individual together, all of you, right? That connected to later on internally, you getting an unfair tyrannical situation from the ruling class and then you rise up with those ideas that were burst in Agincourt and your longbow of you defended the realm, right? Then I guess perhaps you should have a say in how, how these things, especially if this tyrannical situation upright, up, uh, arises. And then you have the king himself says that you were right to do it, essentially, in the short, that you won't be chased for this and we're getting rid of this. On a piece of paper with the great seal, all these people saw it, right? The great seals aren't given to regular people. They can't read half the time, right? That the scribes do it. And if you sent a letter in, 
they would send one out to you. If you had a letter written that said, send this out to me that says I can't be arrested, bang, you were sent it for the first two weeks anyway. The great seal is the sing- symbol of sovereignty. So you understand the sovereignty by looking at it like a, a symbol is like that. Is that it, re- it re- look, helps you look outside your own framing. You see the world through it. So you're looking at that. It's got you on it and it's got the great seal on it. You're connected to it. So not only is it internally, not only is it, uh, is it that, oh, you've seen it by your actions. It's not just procedural understanding. Uh, or knowledge, it's connected to like, visual symbols too, visual sacred symbols of the realm. Firstly, the king himself and the crown saying that, oh, you were right to do this, essentially. I mean, I'm saying that's implicit in what's occurred, that I was right, we were right to do this. They changed their behavior. It, every able-bodied man knows how to enact a certain amount of of, uh, of power because they have before to defend the realm. So they have this spirit within them, which I would call the king spirit, right? So it's almost, you can see this emergent process of an internalization of the king spirit, is that you've played a part in your defense of the realm. You want, you have a, you want a part of being a sovereign, right? A constituent piece of the sovereignty of the realm as well. And you see that enacted, the value to it. Like If I'm dangerous, if I'm dangerous, then I can play my part in the sovereignty of the realm. I've done it before. I've done the king's duty before. I was asked, it's his duty to defend the realm. But the general whole populace, having done it, is a big deal. Everyone's seen this. Everyone's shared the story. Everyone, there's an emergent moral narrative. It's being passed amongst people as they're telling stories to each other. It's passed from father to son. So there's a pathway there for the narrative order and a moral order to emerge. Oh, Yes, so I think I've drawn the connection there. You can see uh, the power of that thing and the power of that practice, especially being everyone that did it. And you didn't have that anywhere in Europe, man. That's all connected to the to the arms bearing, this skill that's passed down, and this narrative emerges about it. And then after that is when the Robin Hood and the Robin Hood uh, legends emerge. So I'll read this other bit from Francis Turner Polgrave. It deals with Agincourt, with England and one against France outfacing the oriflame red, the red dragons of Merlin advance, as harvest in autumn renewed, the lances bend over the fields, snow thick are arrow heads white, level the foe as they light. Knighthood to yeoman yields, proud heart the king watches, as higher goes the blaze of the battle and nigher, today is a day will be written in story, to the great world's end and forever, let the boy alone have the glory. Harold at St. Lac on sea, by Norman arrow laid low. When the shield wall was breached by the shaft, thou art avenged by the bow. By the bows on the field in Agincourt, is what it's saying. Chivalry name of romance, thou art henceforth but a name. Weapon that none can withstand, you in the Englishman's hand. Flight shaft unerring in aim. As a lightning struck forest the foeman, as a lightning-struck forest, the foeman, shiver down to the stroke of the bowman. Oh, today is a day will be written in story to the great world's end and forever. So let the boy have the glory. Pride of Liguria's shore, Genoa wrestles in vain. Vainly Bohemia's king, king-like is lain with the slain. The blood lake is wiped out in blood. The shame of the centuries over, where the pride of the Norman had sway. The lions lord over the fray. The legions of France are no more. The prince to his father kneels lowly. 
His is the battle, his holy. For today is a day will be written in story to the great world's end and forever. So let him have the spurs and the glory. I find that really interesting. Is that it describes too that, yeah, let him have the glory, right? Because so powerful is this sort of psychotechnology is that, yeah, let the boy king have the glory. Like, because this story is so powerful that it needs to be spread. It's going to be spread everywhere that we did it, that we made chivalry lay low. Uh, king Harold, the Saxon king, when, the, uh, when William defeated him on the field, is connecting it to that nicely too, is that this, that arrow that killed him, here's the arrow destroying the French, but also it's the people, it's like the English people themselves that are like lifted up by this. Uh, it, there's a recognition in it. Two, as yeah, knight, knighthood to yeomanry yields. And I love the spirit of that because it's like nobility is, is about your virtue. It's about, uh, it's about your noble spirit and how you, the nobility that you build in yourself, right? And it's, it's like chivalry on its own is sort of like your behavior when your reputation's at stake, not your prime values that are, that are catalyzed and cultivated by your culture. And that's this event represents that, this knighthood to yeomanry yields. So chivalry, this sort of, chival- this idea of chivalry yields to a more nobler spirit. I like that king like is lame with the slain, when it, like the power of this, uh, of this king spirit that's emerging, I would say, lays this idea of, of ultimate it's like we all play our part in our defense of the realm, and as is shown in Agincourt, and it lays this um, tyrannical, imperial, Roman emperor authority where it's 100% top-down and so easily becomes arbitrary situation that power over you. They don't rely on your consent, basically, is what I'm trying to say. And now we've showed it. We are a different way. We each have a piece of the duty. We each have a constituent piece of the duty, and our consent is required if we're dangerous. You in the Englishman's hand, because it's you, the thing that grows in England, that any man can make himself, and also the Englishman himself. You in the Englishman's hand, not the you on its own, but the you formulated and cultivated into something through practice. The, both the land and the Englishman is formed into something into a weapon, exaptable weapon, exaptable in terms of can be adapted for other uses, an exaptable weapon of mind, of spirit, of arms together. You have a complex, like a meme complex, a meme com- a complex that builds up between these different practices and skills and what they do in the world and their valuation for how they become valued in the culture and the narrative order that emerges out of those things. And the perspectival understanding that comes from going overseas, going overseas and using those practices to enact your will on the world, everyone doing it. And then everyone playing their part in, in defense of the realm. The king's duty is made your duty. And then you come back and things are the same way. And then you are asked to pay unfair tyrannical taxes. And then, no, hang on, I have this power in my hand, don't I? I have this power and this practice. It's been passed to me. From my father. I know it's valued. I know it kills French nobles on the field. I know that the cannons they had did, I wouldn't, we weren't scared of that. All we needed was this stick of you and a string and these bows that any any Englishman can make across the realm, right? And went there, and then we'll do the same thing here. Let's do this rise up. And and then of course the rule connected to the ruling class. 
And then you get the charter itself, and that says, ah, we're right to do that. And then here's a pathway. It's a kind of complex building, like a complex of understanding, even implicit, that that's the right thing to do. And even in the ruling class, they're seeing the same thing, is that we're reformed by them, they're reformed by us. Uh, and, and, uh, and you can see there it becoming like a natural right. This, I, like, it's so, of course, you guys would say that. Of course, when they're drafting, they'd say they're right to bear arms, right? Because it feels so natural that that would be right. You had this complex in place, this sort of uh, psychotechnological complex connected to this skill set, this practice of bearing arms, this practice of bearing arms to defend the realm externally. And then that is done internally later. So all that's connected. So you can see that it's all connected together. Uh, a, a narrative order emerges from that. But it's not just a story. It's connected to the real procedural implicit skills that, that were this understanding you get for enacting your will in the world, right? So if you have an arm and bear it, there's something you learn from doing that. You don't learn from the proposition that says, uh, you know, here's what happens when you shoot a gun, or even what I'm saying now is just a description, a proposition. But the actual skill of doing it is connected to the, to the moral impulses, and you get the spirit emerges. Let's call it a pattern of behavior, my more objective way of putting it, emerges that's connected to this complex, this meme, com this complex of skills and practices emerges as the king spirit, the king in every man, right? Every person defended the realm, every person came up and said, We want our constituent piece of sovereignty as well and you reform it and that's connected to the weapon and the longbow that made it possible the yew that just grew in the greenwood that made it possible the string that was made in england the arrows that were made in england uh, forward in time to the same people across the sea thinking how can we make sure how can we like what's natural to us to stop tyranny from emerging and is to bear an arm it is to have the right to bear an arm not just have the right to actually bear it, right? Because it's just a piece of paper, but this instinct for having the power to enact your will against a tyrant, to resist a tyrant, is a moral impulsion that we share in common uh, across all the English-speaking world. It's one we should be proud of and we should embrace, not just the right to, but actually the use of arms and being dangerous citizens and 